Hello, good evening, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Gatecast, which, as usual, is without number, which means I can't screw it up. Way. And that unfamiliar or vaguely familiar laugh gives me the opportunity to allow the guests to introduce themselves. Hello, everybody. It's Ian here. Welcome back to the show, Ian. Thank you very much. Yeah, telling us that you have never seen Dark Matter before. I have never, ever seen Dark Matter. Been on my list to watch for quite a long time, and, and I've just not got to it yet, so... I didn't even pre-watch the episode before the podcast, so I'm going to see it fresh and knowing very little at all before I head into this, so pretty excited. Yeah, this is going to be interesting then. It is going to be interesting because the memory steps and the way this episode ends, you're going to be like, I need to see more. <laughs> I'm already expecting that anyway. Not everybody watches the first episode and think, I've got to watch that. Some just go, eh. <laughs> I don't actually do that with a lot of TV programs. Mostly I want to see the next one. Yeah, yeah. mostly you, you choose it before you even start one, don't you? You read, you read the blurb and you think, oh, I'm not going to enjoy that. Yeah, that's true. I watched our cloud backup guy recommended Designated Survivor to me. Yeah, that first few episodes are on the server, so I'll probably give that a go only because it's Kiefer. I watched oh, yeah. the first episode because I said, like, oh, this is Netflix, because they inevitably cliffhang. So what I usually do with those is I'll look at 10 minutes of the next episode until there's a more natural break and I can actually sleep rather than lie in bed. <laughs> With the thought wheeling around my head going, what the hell's happened? Doing your own self-edit. Yeah. So I watched it and the first time I was like, ooh, must watch another one. <laughs> Release on Thursday, September 29th. That's the day after tomorrow. Because they're co-showing with ABC, so they're only releasing one episode a week. Well, yeah. It's an ABC production. This, so. this, this is like regular TV. I pick Netflix for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I can binge if the mood takes me. It's going to be the same when Star Trek premieres as well. Yeah, <laughs> wait a I week. Can't wait for that. <laughs> I, I know uh, when I showed Rita's Sense 8, we watched four episodes back to back. And then she was like, Can we see another one? And I was like, <laughs> Rita's, it's quarter past 10. You live in Haritu. If you don't get a bus now, you won't be able to get a bus out there and you'll have a four kilometer skate home. <laughs> Leave. You can come back next week and watch more. I promise not to watch any without you. The best thing about streaming services, for me anyway, the way I look at it, is not the fact that they dump the whole series in one go. It's that the producers and the writers are not constrained by 42-minute time slot. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Some of, the, some of the Luke Cage episodes are over an hour long. Are they? And some of the Longmire that's recently been on, over an hour long. And you think, that's the story you want to tell in that episode, and that's how long it took. Yeah. How many times have we listened to a commentary and the writer says... And we had to cut this scene. It's a great scene, but, you know, there's no action in it, so it had to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can just take the time and tell the story properly, but not worry about trying to hook the viewer in for the next week or something like that, because they're able to watch it straight the, away the, if they want. The first season of Daredevil pretty much cliff on every episode. Yeah, that's probably why I've made it through so many episodes so quickly. <laughs> it was designed that way, wasn't it, though? But my guess is that they told exactly what they wanted to tell in that particular branch of the story. I haven't quite finished season one, so be careful. <laughs> Oh, right. Right, that ends that conversation. <laughs> oh, and you're not have a couple of episodes to go, and then I'm done. I looked at Luke Cage and thought, okay, 13 episodes, that's three on Sunday, two on Monday, two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, two on Thursday, and two on Friday, and it worked out beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be able to plan my TV for the week. It is good. I watch anything else. Aren't you up at like 5.30? I don't sleep as long as you, I don't think. It's a ways going to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> that is true. Midnight to go to bed, half six, seven to get up. (laughs) Right then, this bonus episode, we've mentioned it, is going to be Dark Matter. Season one, episode one. 
for some reason, they did not name these episodes. I don't know if it was because many of the characters go by numbers as opposed to names, or it was just a... I have no idea. Second season had names. They even had polls where you could actually vote on it, but Mm. not not the first season. So it's just a pilot. Just before we start, since uh, Dark Matter doesn't have a full-blown title sequence and there's no previously on, obviously, we are going to be watching the Region 2 DVD. No Blu-ray... The runtime is 41 minutes, 28 seconds. Dark Matter, Season 1, Episode 1, premiered in the US and Canada, June the 12th, 2015. Australia got it June the 13th, the UK, June the 15th, and it aired in Belgium, France and Holland on June the 16th. This episode is directed by TJ Scott and written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully, the creators of the series. Production company was Prodigy Pictures, who were also responsible for Lost Girl. You'll see many uh, familiar names in the credits of uh, this series, both in front and behind the camera, for obvious reasons. For now, I think that'll do. There's not too much to say. Being this is the first episode, and this is not a Dark Matter podcast. Yet. <laughs> it won't be. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. So, Alan, if you want to do your countdown, we'll, uh, we'll start. Okay, Ian. Do you have a language that I know that you'd like me to use? <laughs> um, we'll keep it simple and go with Irish. Good to you. Ever three, ever do, ever ain, clicky. Right then, oh, lens flare. It's not science fiction without a bit of lens flare. JJ Abrams have a lot to answer for. That freeze on the lens flare for you. Briefly. Yeah, there was a slight delay on the lens flare, I think. No, there wasn't. Ah, ship alone in the dark, no running lights. We're getting our first look at the ship that has yet no name. I always like the uh, the first look of a spaceship, trying to figure out how the aesthetics of the show is going to take. Yeah. And that looks functional. Mm. It does. It kind of looks like a creature. Well, that's one thing I don't like about Star Trek. The ships look too artsy. Mm-hmm. Pretty, but don't look as if they're built. Clearly designed on an Apple Mac. I think I think the Enterprise was you know designed before Apple came along. <laughs> I do like the alert siren. Something a little bit different than the run-the-mill science fiction alarm. Right. Oh, now, does that look like a Star Wars emblem on the uh, Perspex? I'm sure it's glass. Well, he's alive. That's always a silver lining. That's it. So, I'm not quite sure where he's running to, but go for it, lad. Another one. Young lady. Hmm. It's a good job those doors weren't locked, though. Or you were pushing instead of pulling or something like that. <laughs> Panicking, let me out. Man, there's a lot of sparks. Mm-hmm. There is. I'd be worried if my spaceship had that many sparks. <laughs> He's found his way to the bridge, so that's pretty... Uh... Hey, up. Behind you. Turn around. Ooh. Oh. Elbow to the chops. <laughs> You've got these people may have a problem with each other. Ow. She can also kick his ass. Straight, straight between the actually legs. actually subtitled ARG. ARG, <laughs> ARG. It's an interesting way to open a TV series. Life support at 12%. Well, that's not good. Whatever she's doing, hope it works. They ain't got much time. How does she know how to do that? 
We don't know if you shouldn't know yet. What was that for? You were in the way. Who are you? Or at least I don't. Ah, there we go. That'll help. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, depending upon how much you know of the series... Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Bring guns with you. I got no idea. You said, Ian, that you all you knew about it was that there were people on board who didn't know who they were. Mm. Yeah, I have had a kind of spoiler as well, but I'm not sure if that's correct, and I, I don't want to say it in case people haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but the, se uh, the season two opener is different. It is, yeah. They changed the titles a bit on the season two. Some nice, fairly close to a store, obviously, to get that level of shadow and... Mm -hmm. Oh, another one. Doesn't look as confused, though. Or at least not as panicked. And another one. Now you might recognise that face. Jodel Furland from SG-1 and Atlantis. Ah. And you will definitely recognise Mr. Roger Cross. I do recognise him. He's been in everything. <laughs> <laughs> with Roger Cross. You, you know you're, you're that little bit ahead of everybody else when you're with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hmm. You don't remember, do you? No. Oh, hell. That makes six of us. What's going on? We all woke up just like you. No memories. No idea who we are or how we got here. Hey, guys. Check this out. Hmm. Also, they're trying to find out if anybody knows what's going on. Now, this TV series is based on a comic book also written by Joseph and Paul. Mm -hmm. Released through Dark Horse Comics back in 2014. Four-issue miniseries, artwork by Gary Brown. Fortunately, different enough to not spoil everything if you'd read the comic. The comic's still on my list. One of the early things I got when I got my uh, iPad, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you noticed the music by Benjamin Pinkston. He did a lot of the music for Lost Girl. His music is used throughout the first and second season. Systems were down and we were venting atmosphere. I was able to get us back online and restore the ship's auto repair protocol. Hmm. Did the costume design person just have the surname of Laundry? <laughs> well, when you think about it, for sleepwear or stasis, it is very practical. No doubt it's also absorbent and probably links into the computer control systems, probably microelectronics embedded into the fabric. This is sci-fi after all. I'm one. She's two. Okay, this is a man of action. Three, four, five, which makes you six. You don't get a very good impression from number three on this opening scene. I mean, a bit of an idiot, a bit of a brute. He doesn't know what's in there. What? It could be something, it could be something very delicate. While he's smashing away at that lock, the others are getting closed. Electronics, comms gear. He's missing that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't explain the memory loss, though. Mm. Now, obviously, they've lost memories that link to their identities, but they have technical knowledge still, as shown by Number Two's use of uh, the bridge controls. They recognise certain technologies as well, and how to use a bar. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, yes. First time. Weapons. I don't think so. Hey. No guns for the young woman. How old is she supposed to be? Three, you're with six, one with four, and I'll be with five. 
We'll use these comms to keep in touch, yeah? You can't go wrong shipping weapons, a highly profitable business, that's cool. <laughs> Expecting trouble. Hoping. Okay, that's a big gun. Jane would like that. <laughs> he is kind of, he does seem to be Jane-like, doesn't he? Yeah, so you're too young to have a gun. <laughs> she could be the most dangerous one amongst them, they just don't know yet. So far she seems to have been. I'm gonna try. Right, if you're a Canadian, you might recognise Melissa O'Neill, who plays Pooh. She was the Canadian Idol winner in 2005. She's a singer, had number one hits in Canada, also appeared in This Life and Rogue. Roger Cross, of course, playing number six. Everybody knows him from The Strain, Continuum, Arrow, Motive, and a couple of episodes of SG-1 playing Lieutenant Connor. No. Not just between us. That was the case. I used a good second in command. Uh-huh. Anthony Lemke is playing Bree. He's recently been in The Good Witch and 19-2, also Lost Girl. And as you see, he's got a very high opinion of himself. He's also already planning to be in charge. Yeah, they're trying to work out command structure pretty quickly, aren't they? You remember that TNG episode where everybody lost some memories? They tried to figure out who was in charge. Mm. Worf, well, I've got Sash, so obviously I'm in charge. <laughs> Data, I was behind the bar, so I must be a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> wonder if I know how to fly this thing. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Ooh, nice toy. I'm going to say, it's very selective amnesia, isn't it, though? Yeah, it's almost like they've been wiped on purpose, but only specific things. Difference between conditioned reflex and memory? Could be. Well, how do you figure any of this? No way of knowing how long we were in those pods. Could have been days, months, years, maybe. The weird thing is, it's not like our minds have been wiped clean. If they hadn't been, I wouldn't know what a pod was. Or a year, or even be able to express myself. Language itself would be totally alien to us, right? Right, this is number one and number four. Number one is played by Mark Ben David. He's been in uh, Bitten and Nikita. And number four is Alex Malari Jr. Who born in the Philippines. He's been in Defiance and True Justice. Hmm. He seems to remember something. I'm being all inscrutable. They all must have some idea of the layout of the ship. He couldn't have got to the bridge without instinctively knowing where he was going. Oh, well. Okay, that's lots of swords. Yes, many pointy things. <laughs> you've, you've got one sword for every day of the month. <laughs> Looking at the guy's heritage, you think, yeah, he knows how to use the sword. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a bit racist or not. Are you sure you know how to handle those things? Uh, he looks confident. Mm. <laughs> he put his own arm off. Familiar. Okay, closing his eyes as well. Although this is a, perhaps the best way. Rely, as you said, total on muscle memory. Mm. He's getting closer. Step back slowly, slowly. Getting a bit of a come at me with a banana style thing going mm. on here, though. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, remember what happened in the Monty Python sketch when your man came with John Cleese with the banana? Yeah, it's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Lots of dancing around with swords, you just pull out the gun. Okay, that gun is impractical. Yeah, it's a bit pointless, isn't it? That's probably decent on the battlefield, but not in close, close confinement on a ship. When someone can grab the, the barrel of the gun and just drag it forward. Oh, we've got someone else. Don't think he meant to do that. <laughs> the expression on his face indicates he didn't mean to do that. Yes. 
another one. This is this one's mine. <laughs> no sharing. Looks like a USB logo there. Hey Tiny, get over here. I found something. Oh, hello. Far into the future. The keyboard is still a useful tool. Why is that flashing red? It's never really a good thing, is it? That's strange. The ship's computer just initiated some sort of security protocol. Oh, I tell you that back. It's definitely not a good thing. Oh. <laughs> Holy <Hey>. crap. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, he's very robotic. Oh. <laughs> We're under attack. By who? Under attack by who? Who by? <laughs> Seven of nine. Uh, something similar. Zoe Palmer. Recently been in Lost Girl, where she played Lauren, the Doctor. We need help. Anybody. We heard. Tell us where to go. I can track your comms. Take the next right. Left. The next intersection. This seems like if you took Dog 8 Universe and Andromeda and slammed them together, this is what you'd get. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, 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 that's not good. <laughs> oh, Ooh, that's a... That's got to be a few ribs gone. <laughs> You're not exactly helping. Wee. Also, I wonder how long they've been in stasis because there is a lot of dust about. Yeah. Whoa, she can move. Some sort of security protocol's been activated. We'll override it. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> yes, she's not exactly human, is she? Definitely an android or something. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, if you're going to build an android, I'd probably build it like that. And with an off switch, that's always useful. <laughs> yeah, we noticed. Okay, I did it. Is everyone okay? Yeah. Yeah. Took you long enough to our face. Oh, you big bunch of right. butch guys. Right. <laughs> you're for a given level of okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, if only Star Wars had had that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the question with any science fiction. How far do you push the technology? Obviously, this is robotics, and you've got some sort of probably nanotechnology. Yeah. Maybe modular as well. Uh, are you sure? It's close. <laughs> Check the cell by date. Technically, she's an android. Her biosynthetic physiology is incredibly similar to that of our ship's outer hull. It's fascinating. She's an extremely efficient entity. Corrector nanites have almost fully restored her broken parts. Well, that's not a problem. We just stick her in the airlock and space her. That won't be necessary. Well, that's interesting, obviously. Not only did they put these people in stasis, but they put the android in stasis, which is strange. It's a bit weird, yeah. Obviously, she was able to activate herself when she became aware that somebody was on the ship, which means she was there for security. But from what? Was she here to watch these guys, control these guys? Maybe it was a power-saving feature. I assume she got some sort of inbuilt reactor. She may also have some answers for us if anybody's curious. Anyone? Anyone at all? Okay. Start her up. Guns and swords out. Maybe a little paranoid, but then again, I suppose I can't really blame him. She really didn't run him the first time around. Mind you, I'm still not sure if this will do any good if she wakes up mean and angry. Why does she have a barcode? She's property. Yeah, but she's built with nanotech and surely she communicates wirelessly. <laughs> it's alive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
Lose your Android, never lose your SIM card. <laughs> What's your name? I possess no personal designation. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Why did you attack us? I have no memory of such an attack. The reboot must have wiped her data stores. Well, ain't that convenient? <laughs> this was actually a, a difficult role for Lauren. Without giving anything away, she gets to do more as the series progresses. I want you to initiate a neural link with the ship's computer. Can you do that? Of course. Now I want you to access any and all data related to the passengers on board this ship. No such data exists. It's both demanding and undemanding, this sort of role. You're delivering everything flat. Mm. But so damn cute at it, though. <laughs> Does she really need to blink, though, when she's accessing data? I'm not trying to. This ship's programming is highly sophisticated. There are redundancies in place to guard against data loss. Someone must have deliberately deleted that information. Mm -hmm. Look, somebody put you in stasis, so obviously <laughs> this was done for a reason. The question is why and who? It wasn't necessarily one of us. Yeah? And who the hell was it? It's a big ship, lots of places to hide. Maybe there's someone else on board. Well, they'd have to know we'd find them eventually, so I'm not sure what would be the point. We don't even know for a fact if everyone's really lost their memory. Any one of us could be lying about that. Yeah, Bree is a naturally suspicious type, mm -hmm. and he's got a big gun. I'd be worried. The real question on my uh, mind here is, they're uh, in deep space in a ship that has been yep. hovering wherever for a long time, and they're all in stasis. Now, did they bring hair dye with them, or is that girl's hair naturally blue? I would assume it's dyed, but if you're in stasis, if stasis is truly stasis, then... You could be there for a thousand years or a day. It doesn't matter. That I can understand. Mm. Gonna have to keep that up. You could jump in here anytime, you know. Yeah, he's the, uh, the quiet type. Contemplate things before he takes action, and then you and then watch out. Then you get the point. Yes, exactly. Yes, we're gonna have a hard in the phrase a dick waving contest here. <laughs> Dibs on this room. Hmm. Makes you wonder if there'd be personal items, but there doesn't look like anything there. Remember that Father Ted episode? Sleeping quarters. Number three settled in already. My neural link allows me instant access to the system from anywhere on the ship. Manual guidance is not only unnecessary, but it's also inefficient. We'll worry about that later. For now, I need you to run a full diagnostic and restore all systems. All right. So she's the ship's avatar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Again, kind of a, an Andromeda reference. All right. Well, th this was one of the strange things. Why Why was Data having to use control panels? Yeah. Couldn't he automatically connect with the ship and control it? <laughs> this is rather inefficient. And she says, show me, what are you looking at? What is that? It's a subspace transmission. The ship is broadcasting a distress signal. Yeah, might be an idea to kill that. Yeah, with so many unanswered questions, you really don't want strangers visiting. Bad enough. You're on board a ship with people you don't know. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Looking for something to treat a headache. Headaches can be caused by blood vessel abnormalities or brain tumors. It's not a tumor. Jodel has got the. I don't know if it's positive or negative, but she passes for much younger than she actually is. Oh, yeah. That probably opens her up for some jobs that other actors wouldn't get. She's like 22 in this. 
I think she's playing someone about 16 or 17, mm. so... Its kidneys process 180 liters of blood every day. Obviously, technical knowledge as well. And medical knowledge. <laughs> Quite a lot of medical knowledge. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Although facts and figures don't equate to uh, medical experience. True. She might just have, was it, endetic memory? It looks like some very fancy office toy. Or maybe modern art photo frame. Okay. Thank <laughs> you very much. Oh, we're going to get along swimmingly. <laughs> and those are actual USB. Yeah, but what is it? Yeah, wonderful. What's it do? You've just thrown <laughs> yeah. something on. You've no idea what it does. It's just a good idea. <laughs> it's a doomsday weapon. <laughs> no, he's a doomsday weapon. Always a good way to make something look big when you pan behind an object. It gives you a foreground and background shot. I assume most of that is matte extensions as well. What is he looking for? Or is he just looking? I don't think he knows what he's looking for. My guess is that, you know, look far enough, you'll, you'll find something. Maybe a spare t-shirt. It makes you wonder if he's remembering something or has found something that's led him to this place. Okay, okay. Automatically assume that a locker has got a secret compartment. Or is that just his naturally suspicious self? Is this something he would do? Does he remember more than he's letting on? Could be. We're going to get lots of clues to indicate that many of them know more than they really should, or letting on, as you say. It appears the ship has taken meteorite damage. So that's why we were venting atmosphere. One of the four relays was also hit, causing a power surge that damaged multiple systems. It will take some time to repair them all. Do we have engines and navigation? Yes. What about weapons? Ship's weapons are down. Then let's make that our next priority. All right. I get, I don't know, and maybe it's just me, but a Blake 7 vibe from the bridge layout, even though it looks really nothing like it. <laughs> and it's not the budget either. Okay, what lighting is that supposed to indicate? It's a lot of different styles of ship design in each room. Sometimes it looks a bit like Alien, and sometimes it looks a bit like, I don't know, Firefly. And Yeah, maybe the ship <laughs> has been upgraded, enhanced over the years. Like the design is no longer, only certain parts of the design are the same. Time to impact. 60 seconds. Yeah, oh dear. Ah, the Andromeda way of saving money. Use control panels as much as possible. Okay, move the ship. Time to impact. 50 seconds. What can we do? The ship is also equipped with various countermeasures I can initiate. Would you like me to show you? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sarky. <laughs> Could be a good idea. <laughs> this android has got character. These engines work. Lovely inertial dampeners. I'm really glad they didn't get a judder because there's nothing to push against. <laughs> Based on our current acceleration, time to impact is now 40 seconds. We cannot run it. I'm already pushing our engines past maximum. What about a jump to FTL? We don't have time to execute the necessary nav calculations. Jump blind. It works nine times out of ten. But at these speeds, they may overtax our artificial gravity and inertial dampeners. Do it. <laughs> yes. I'm sitting down and strapped in. And an android. I'll be fine. Maybe if you actually tell the other people. Whoa, nicely done. Oh, that's not that. Well. <laughs> Brace yourself, because gravity is going to come back on in a bit. I love that he just won't let go of that gun. <laughs> Shouldn't they have flown backwards? Ow. Ooh. Oh, look at that landing. Superhero landing. Okay, nicely done. 
Calculations complete. Jumping to FTL. You can have an imprint on your cheeks, aren't you? <laughs> oh, wow. Always interesting to see how a show does FDL jumps. Have you seen the end of Defiance? No. Oh. <laughs> Forget what I was going to say then. We lost gravity for a few seconds there. When he came back on, we all took a tumble. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you actually hit your back in there. She's very, very colourful from a, a head on downwards. Very different to the rest of the crew, which makes you think she doesn't belong. Yeah. None. Maybe the robot had something to do with it. I have no intention of harming anyone on this ship. Oh, yeah, except for the part where you nearly killed us all. I have no memory of such an attack. So you keep saying, all right, calm down. Are you kidding me now? Double away, just along for the ride. I mean, remember Babylon 5, their fighters were fantastic at being able to, you know, multiple vector movement. Something this big, you wouldn't expect it to be able to do that. Having the main engines able to rotate to that degree adds measure maneuverability that you think few ships could match. Mm-hmm. At least they're remembering that they're in space, though. It's not like they're in an atmosphere or anything. The process is time-consuming, and most of the information is irretrievable. However, I have managed to salvage some data. What kind of data? The recipe for rice pudding. This ship's original destination. <laughs> and where is that, please? <laughs> where are we? Would the destination make any sense? Probably not, unless there's more information in the database. It's an interesting FTL effect, especially with that weird lightning sort of thing going on. Get the impression if you go off course in FTL, the ship gets zapped. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've got I've got the impression he's probably brought some of those knives and blades from the workout room mm-hmm. into that <laughs> quarters. Johnny's probably further clicks. I suppose they decided to stop saying even more clicks because it would have got a bit ridiculous. Ah, uh, there he goes. It's all coming back to him. He's seen this puzzle box before. Probably left it for himself. You've got to admit, though, this is a bit of a trope. The puzzle box is used quite often to provide the MacGuffin that drives the plot forward. Well, the green ones aren't that bad. They still taste like shit, but <laughs> not as much. The green ones aren't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's what you got to put up with. You sure you're okay? Yeah. Still don't remember it in your head? Nope. Why are you still lying there? <laughs> yeah, where am I? No, oh, let's not go through that again. And, and the door. A door? What sort of door? This is sounding more like a fantasy movie. Mm. Now what is he looking for? What door? In a dark place. Underneath. A big metal door. See what I mean? This is epic fantasy, or one of the better Infocom adventure games. Use the key, light the lamp. I keep it locked, always. The door. Yeah, that's a door. That's a big door. That's a hell of a big door. I hope that's not a door to the outside. (laughs) What? What's inside? I don't know. We're going to have to open it. Secrets? Secrets and lies. Things best left behind a closed big metal door. Which they're going to open. You know they're going to open it. Oh no. Don't shoot the door. This is really foolish. (laughs) (laughs) At least that was yielding. That looks fast. I wouldn't have thought bare metal would have done that. So I assume it's got some sort of force shield on the door as well. Alan, it's supposed to be fast. (laughs) 
Yeah, but it looked fast. Oh. often doesn't look fast. Mm. I wonder if in the dreams they can remember anything. He doesn't appear to be resting. No, he's... Uh... No, because some people are going to accept it and go along with it. Others were just going to be looking at everything, trying to... A metal mug, some dog tags, and a case with some spectacles in. But are they yours? Doubtful, since you seem to be able to see pretty well. Ooh, shiny. Having a Sam Baker moment. Seems weird that they would have glasses at this far in the future. Well, if you remember, uh, James C. Kirk was uh, allergic to retinex. <laughs> I did not remember that. <laughs> There's a sharp memory there. Well played. Mm. Get your dirty shoes off that linen. Where were you raised? Only blue. I'm going to put what it means. I take the Vimes approach to clues. <laughs> Between you and me, that looks like a tea bag. Okay, on closer inspection, it's a metallic disc, four-sided, square, engraving on it, could be some sort of key. She does not appear to be getting rest either. Yeah, if we're going to have some sort of glass or perspex in this ship, we're not going to have a big sheet of it. (laughs) We're going to have plenty of metal struts to protect it. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. That door is now his nemesis. Yeah, I can foresee this being a secret he keeps that that door's there and that he's trying to open it. Well, number five knew about the door. That's where we got the uh, the counterpoint mm. to it. Wakey-wakey, number one. Somebody at the door. Normally when a, a young woman comes a-calling... Hi. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So what brings you by? What do you think? We're about to enter orbit. You're heading down to the planet to look for answers. I suggest you wear pants. Oh, for a minute there I thought I was dreaming. Yep, and pants are always a good idea when you go into alien worlds. Or just walking around a spaceship. Hey. Hey. I suggest you put on the longer t-shirts as well. Why does no one ever sleep naked in this thing? (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Also, this ship is, which I assume is a small shuttle, is completely differently designed to the rest of the ship. Yes, leather seats, white interior. Lots of curves, none of that sort of industrial strut stuff going on. You wonder if it's in the landing bay or, you know, physically attached to the ship. If it's in the landing bay, then it could be, uh, you know, a third-party purchase. Mm. Yeah, yes. I like the waggle of her guns. There's some weight on her ribs there, though. I can't be that comfortable. Damn. This ship have a name? It's a Phantom-class Marauder. Marauder? Nice. Uh, the size of the actual ship. I like the uh, rough and rugged design of everything in this. It's got that Star Wars universe feel, where everything's cobbled together and improvised. Yeah, this this is a working universe. Yeah. What the hell is he pointed that? There's no reason to assume the inhabitants will be hostile. No reason to assume they won't be. I assume he knows where the safety is. You'd imagine so. Oh, this looks a wonderful place to live. Yeah, looks a bit like Jane Town. A quarry. God bless the quarry. <laughs> Doctor Who, your legacy lives on. <laughs> and unfortunately, every industrialised nation have abandoned factories and... Forklift. Yes, plenty of places to film. 
<laughs> so none of this we come in peace. <laughs> now, Alan, I assume you recognise those actors from Killjoys? Yeah, ish. I'm not going to recognise actors. Nasson is played by Rob Stewart, Canadian actor. They're not corporate guard, they could be Rothgar's people. Did Rothgar send you? Maybe. <laughs> they look puzzled at this idea. Yeah, we've brought all these weapons and <laughs> you want to put them down. So these are the Janai of Dark Matter, are they? They don't look military to me. And they don't look as if they're hiding some dark secret. I don't know, just my thought process. I think it was the guns. All of us. Okay, now what? You say your ship was attacked. Well, we're not exactly Raiders came at us out of nowhere. Disabled our engines, looted our ship, left us for dead. You're lucky to be alive. Wouldn't be if we hadn't managed to restore life support. Nav systems down, we were flying blind, we got lucky. Picked up your settlement on our long-range scanners. Don't tell them the truth. Although, if you don't know the truth, then perhaps lying is the best bet. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Why is that? I'm expecting trouble. This is an independent colony. We pull enough terrium out of the ground to get by, but we've never been of interest to any of the big multicorps. That is until now. And here we get an introduction to the economics of this galaxy. Independent colonies, corporations, free market economy. But without a Hab-1 planet in the vicinity, it would be too expensive to extract. They need a place to house the miners, grow food, source fresh water. Some place like here. It's a big planet. It's not big enough so far as they're concerned. The multicorps don't share planetary resources. And as usual, the workers get shattered. They ain't got the facilities to make what is profitable. They can only extract the ore. If we were to leave, or something should happen to us, well, you get the idea. So that's why you want to be long gone before the Raza get here. The Raza? They work as enforcers for the multicorps. They clean up loose ends, trouble spots, like us. They're aliens. They're half man, half reptile, and I've heard that they're over seven feet tall and they have skin that burns to... Th the fact is, no one really knows what they are, because no one's ever survived an encounter with them. Okay, then. Everybody's looking around at each other. What have we gotten ourselves into here? I think we should just restock and fly away. None of our business. Nothing going on here. Move along, move along. Just a friendly case of claim jumping. You don't get to a place like this unless you've already run out of options. Well, and this claim is all we have. We're going to fight for it. A story that's pretty much at the heart of the human condition. I have what is mine and I'll protect it. No offence, but it doesn't seem to me like you've got the manpower or the firepower. We gathered together the last of our funds, sent out one of our people to score a shipment of arms. It, the real thing, like the weapons you carry, enough for every man and woman in this settlement. A shipment? Furtive looks there between number one and number six. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Any day now. If it arrives in time, we'll give the Razor more than they can handle. Make Ferris Corp reconsider. Well, good luck with that. I don't think it'll come as any surprise to see that number one is kind of the heart and soul and conscience of the crew. Otherwise, he'd just ignore what he's looking at. Pendant. Oh. Does it hold any special significance? Rothgar gave it to me before he left. He said it symbolized freedom in the face of oppression. And that when his people arrived, we'd be able to recognize them because they too would have this mark. Oh, hello. Thanks. Yeah, that's... That looks familiar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. This is the old west all over again. Is you, Firefly? Yeah. We'll see a more clear indication of each of their characters now. 
again, no surprise will be number one that actually begins a conversation. It does seem like they should be delivering those weapons, doesn't it? Yeah, this is where you learn what sort of people these are. A shipment of arms? Obviously, we were meant to help these people. You don't know that. And the fact that we've got a cargo hold full of weapons, that's a coincidence. You're forgetting one important detail. The scary lizard people that are on their way to this planet to destroy everything? <laughs> oh, that's good. I don't think we want to meet them. Okay, I admit that part sounded bad. All right, let's table this discussion until we're back on the ship, all right? So how do you know what they look mm. like? Even the Dread Pirate Roberts used to leave one person behind to tell the tale. <laughs> At this point, they've probably sunk all the resources into this place and there is nowhere else to go. There's no starting over, there's no welfare in this place. The android said that console was fried. You really think you know what you're doing? Well, it's like you with the controls or four with the swords. For me, it's wires, circuits, fuses. I don't know why, but it just... That kind of makes sense to me. Oh, uh, mm. okay. <laughs> There's a bit of information. What other stuff? 20 questions. I see things in my head. Obviously, a lot of wires in a console is good. No, I, I think I prefer solid-state electronics. Yeah. yeah, there's a weird mix of high-tech and ancient tech, isn't there? Yeah, there's a weird mix of high-tech and ancient tech, isn't there? Yeah. I don't know work out how far in the future this is supposed to be set, and I can't come up with anything. Well, that's keep you interested, isn't it? It is keeping me interested. Hey. Oh, to be fair, there's no reference. Probably give too much away if I said that. Until <laughs> <laughs> they murdered my father and then came for me. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was crazy, is it? That took a turn real quick. And even though I could have killed them, I didn't. I just carved out their eyes and left them for my stepmother to find. The bitch. So they've all been in stasis, controlled by a computer. Does she remember somebody else's dream? Oh, someone else who was in stasis. You, uh, you carved out their eyes? Well, it was me in the dream, but wasn't really me because it wasn't my dream. Whose dream was it? <laughs> there we go. I don't know. Do you really want to know? But it was somebody's. I don't think I would. A bit of mystery at this stage is probably a good idea, because just because they killed them or gouged their eyes out doesn't mean they're going to do it to you. I'm telling you, we're supposed to be helping these people. The matching pendants, it can't be a coincidence. All I'm saying is even if we're supposed to be helping these people, which I doubt, doesn't mean we're going to do it. Yeah, so we've got one guy with a conscience, mm. one with no conscience at all, and another two are kind of borderline. Yeah. Well, the only person that's actually indifferent is the android. They belong to the miners. Doesn't matter if they belong to the miners. They're in our cargo hold. They belong to us now. now those people will die if we don't help them. They're already dead. Have they got receipt? Have you got any paperwork? <laughs> Are you going to say you throw these many people together? You know, an ensemble cast. You've got to you've got to get the casting right. You've got to get the writing work to get you know get it right to make the characters different. And this is where they're doing it. How they react to this one simple question. Which for the record, is what I'm suggesting we do. All right. Let's put it to a vote. Fine. I vote that we keep the weapons, we sell them, take what we make to stay alive and find out what the hell happened to us. Agreed. I think we do what we know we came here to do. Complete the delivery. I don't mind hating number three at this moment in time. You're supposed to not like him. Yeah, me too. I want to help those people. 
women. She can't vote. <laughs> Why not? Because you're a kid. She's a member of this crew. Who's a kid? What are you, like 15 years old? Do we really have to have a vote to decide if she gets to vote? <laughs> <laughs> it does often become the butt of the joke, a bit like Jane. <laughs> Democracy at its finest. Three is appalled. Throw up with me. One thing I do like, they've got no replicators on this ship at all. Although you'd think they'd have some sort of freezer. Fine. Three to two. What do you say, boss lady? Set half the crates aside. The rest go down to the surface. Well, number one isn't happy. Of course, number three isn't happy. Six looks a little indifferent. The rest look a bit glum. Clean up your tray, pretty boy. The joys of command, number two. So they've got no little pumpy trucks or anything. Yeah, there's a real mix of tech, isn't there? Yeah. Helps take pressure off the knees. You know, take pressure off my knees? Ooh. You helping out. Yeah, see, I think that'd be kind of hypocritical given the way I voted and all. <laughs> I didn't vote for it, so I'm not even going to help you. I think any less of you. Well, you never know. I might surprise you. All right, I think that's it. We're good to go. I think functional describes everything pretty well. Yep. Most of the concept art was done by James Robbins, who also worked on the Stargate franchise. Who's that? I don't know. The file is corrupt. This has been a difficult and tedious process, however I have managed to recover a sizable data cache. Let's see it. And that, if you didn't spot, is David Hewlett. It does look like David Hewlett. It looks like one of his uh, D-Geek diaries. Just been mangled. <laughs> Just get up here. Without giving too much away, you will meet that character further on this Wait, season. Wait, David Hewlett is in this? Yes, oh, he is. there's another reason to finish watching it. Brilliant. And Tori Higginson. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> the android managed to recover a significant amount of data related to this ship and its crew. Well, that's good, isn't it? Ah, information. Marcus Boone. Murder, assault, kidnapping, piracy. Oh, dear me. Boone, bad boy. Griffin Jones. Murder, assault, smuggling. Oh, dear me. <laughs> he looked hot. Uh -huh. Jace Corso. Murder, assault, kidnapping, trafficking, theft. Rio Tetsuda. Murder, assault, piracy. <laughs> I'm not the murderer. <laughs> Portia Lynn. Murder, assault, arson. A bit of arson thrown in for good measure. This, this is not good. Yet murder. I'm beginning to see a pattern here. Turns out the Raza aren't a race of aliens. The Raza is the name of this ship. We're not here to help these people. We're here to kill them. Oh. Oh, wow. Mm. They were hired to kill them. And there we go. Oh, okay. Now, that is very interesting. That's kind <laughs> of... Uh, the spoiler that I had was that they were criminals. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty much all uh, the only other thing that I knew that I wasn't entirely sure about. Yeah, but there was no information on five. No, that's true. So that does confirm your idea that she's an outsider. Too young to be on the crew. Yeah. But she's got knowledge and some sort of ability which sets her apart. We're going to have to find out what that is. If you decide to uh, continue watching the series. Well, I certainly will be. question is, do I wait <laughs> to finish Daredevil and then, uh, and then burn through Dark Matter? Or do I, do I do both at the same time? Finish Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> you can alternate. I haven't finished season two of Dark Matter. And if I'm chain watching stuff what i tend to do is watch one episode of something then watch an episode of something else then watch an episode of something else oh i tend to try and stick with one tv series and get through all of it and then close that off and move on to the next thing okay then a little bit more trivia for this episode the director dj scott 
directed The Pilot, parts one and two. Also directed The Strain, Gotham, Longmire, Orphan Black, Black Sails, Spartacus, and way back, Xena, Warrior Princess. Also married to Victoria Pratt. Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully, the creators of Dark Matter, also executive producers. They so far have written 12 episodes of the series. Obviously, I'm pretty sure anybody who's listened to this podcast know that. They worked on the Stargate franchise, writing 12 episodes of Universe, 15 of Atlantis, and 39 episodes of SG-1. There isn't a a lot to go on, Uh, extra information. The uh, Season 1 and Season 2 DVDs are out already. Season 3 has been greenlit, along with Killjoys, which I'm sure Alan knows and is delighted by. Mm -hmm. Alan wasn't paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm there. Okay, thank you. Okay then, folks, that was this week's bonus episode of The Gatecast. What are we going to have a look at next week? Looking at what we've recorded throughout the year. And I see that Alan and Shane recorded an episode of Stargate Infinity for us. Now, Brad and myself have looked at that episode before, but always good to have a second look at it, I think. It'll be a a short episode, it's only a 20-minute animated series. So uh, if you do listen to it, you won't have to pull up with it too much. So next week, Stargate Infinity pilot episode with Alan and Shane. fun isn't it right contact information if you want to contact us any reason the uh, regular stargate episodes or these bonus episodes feel free to do so we'd love to hear from you here's the info Daniel, start dialing home. if you do fancy getting in touch with us then you can do so via the contact form which is on our website which is at gatecast.co.uk or you can send us an email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com we're also on facebook and google plus and are carried on itunes and stitcher internet radio You'll find all the links on our website. If you have a minute, then a rating or review on either of those services would be most welcome. The standalone RSS feed, which lists every episode we've released, can also be found on our website, under Mission Reports. That link can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher, and will give you direct access on that device to all the shows, unlike iTunes, which only lists the previous 25. Right then, let's wrap up. Ian, thank you very much for joining us this Sunday evening. Thank you for asking me along. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been very good. And I'm glad I finally started watching Dark Matter. I'm looking forward to finishing it. <laughs> okay. Well, not finishing it. I'm looking forward to experiencing <laughs> it. <laughs> right then. Okay then, folks, take care. Have uh, good holidays. I'm not sure if I should wish you a happy Christmas or a happy New Year, depending upon when this gets released. It'll either be before or after. But either way, have a good 2017. Till then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Ian. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.